Welcome to What The Gap Podcast. Hosted by a modern day couple just, just trying to fill the gaps. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Are you listening? Hello and welcome back to What The Gap Podcast. You're here with your hosts, Kenzie. And AJ. How are you? Um... Not sure. How are you? Why are you not sure? Why are you gauging your feelings based on someone else? Um, because my world revolves around you, so I kind of have to gauge my feelings around that. Okay, then why are you feeling kind of off, AJ? Tell the audience. Because we just had a monster fight and Kinsey almost threw a water bottle at me. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared for my life. Guys, it's become a bit of a podcast ritual that we have a fight before every podcast, during the edit, after the upload. Oh. Every step of the way, there's something. Why? You see, AJ's incredibly sensitive. I was just explaining to him before how every idea I shut down of his, he needs six layers of bubble wrap to go around it. And we don't have time for that sometimes. Okay, and sometimes you need to um, maybe like lubricate your answers a little bit before you deliver them. <laughs> Just go in raw. <laughs> no, you need a man wow. up. And also, you love yelling, so I'm that's sorry, terrifying. I get it from my mum. I'm a yeller. Thanks, Wendy. Yeah, I really appreciate what you've created here. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> she can be scary sometimes. It's how I get it out. I yell for a good 10 minutes and then... Do you feel better after you yell? Actually, yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. I actually do. Okay. Especially when I yell at the top of my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've gotten out my weekly dose and I can go back to being a positive person. Okay. After you dish it all out at me. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes you need to just scream it all out there. Especially when you're just frustrated to all ends. Anyway, let's move along. Okay. We're here now. We almost quit the podcast. Not kidding. You almost walked out the door. I saw you. Yeah, I almost did. (laughs) Are you listening? Let's get on to this weekly wrap, guys. We just wanted to let you in on the realness because the reality is that it's not just going to be the first episode or the second episode or the third that will bring up hardship. It's probably going to be like every episode because that's the reality of working with your partner. Anyway, moving on to the (laughs) weekly wrap. Thanks. Do you want me to go? You're welcome. Uh Uh-huh. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Tell me all about your week, lovely blossom cherry bum. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, oh, I can't even focus now after that. (laughs) I actually wrote here that I had a very holistically successful week. I also said this on my Instagram, actually. I just found that I ticked a lot of boxes in the last week. I was very social. I had a lot of events on and I caught up with my friends a lot. But then I was also super productive with work. I hit a lot of workouts. I saw a lot of people. I just feel like I hit a lot of boxes and I was stoked about that. I guess sometimes when you are busy and when you have a lot of deadlines, it's a really positive thing because it means when you work, you work really well. And then when you socialize, you're like, yo, this is my playtime, you know? So I Mm. feel like I had that balance really down packed. And it also meant 
when I got to the weekend, I actually had a proper break because I was so productive during the week. Like even on Friday night, I think I worked up until, I mean, probably eight. I did like a Pilates class, but I was doing like engagement and everything on the way to and from. So it kind of made me do that last push for the week of work. And that really paid off because by the time I got to Saturday and to Sunday, we went to a festival on Saturday. I could actually just fully indulge in it. So yeah, I was really proud of myself for ticking all those boxes. I kind of mentioned that I trained really well. I did a lot of workouts with other people, with people I haven't worked out with before this week, which was really fun. I did an F45 class with a girl named Michelle, if you're listening, that was really fun. I also did a Pilates class with a lovely girl named Nicole. So I did a lot of like buddy workouts and I'm usually, I guess, a solo trainer. (laughs) I quite like going to my workouts and just going into my own space. But then I kind of got reminded of how motivating it can be to have someone else alongside you and also to combine workouts with catching up. It's like Mm. such a great way to hit two birds with one stone, I suppose, and do something you love together and also re-inspire each other. So that was really fun. I also tried a place called FoxFit last week. So I am an ambassador with ClassPass, which was really cool. It means that I can try a whole load of different studios. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think you mentioned it. Yeah, maybe briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I every now and then try to get to some new studios and really mix up my routine thanks to ClassPass. And I tried this new studio that my friends have been raving about. It's called FoxFit and it mixes like circuit training or interval training with running intervals and I love my running and so naturally this was just like the perfect combo for me I really enjoyed it it's also a all-female gym which is kind of refreshing I quite liked that because I don't know why it's it's not that males are particularly distracting in that scenario but it's kind of nice how you probably have similar goals in terms of physique or fitness when like you go to a male and female class and you've got a guy who might want to get bulk. You've got a girl who might want to lean down. When you go to an all-female class, you're kind of on the same page. I don't really know how to explain it, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a nice environment. And you can kind of just focus on the workout as opposed to, yeah, everything else going on around you. Then back to the festival on Saturday, we went to Grapevine Gathering with a whole load of people. We had like 40, 50 people on a bus, which was super fun. And I actually wrote down here that one of my favorite parts was dancing with you. Because, <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about for a while how we need to do more going out together and as in like going out dancing together and yeah, just doing more of like the real, I don't know, let loose kind of fun stuff together. Because mm. obviously we spend a lot of time during the weekend, you know, branching and visiting new places and all that. But we don't often go out and... They're very like day oriented because we like to maximize those days. And, like yeah. you know, the nights are like, that's when we charge up to like exactly. get the next day and smash it. Because our weekday, weekend days are massive. Exactly. Some of them. Our entire week is massive, and especially over the last few months, we've been so crazy busy that 
to risk being hung over or anything like that has just not even been a possibility. It's not worth it. <laughs> no, it's not really a priority for us either. But at the same time, we have said like when the opportunity arises, we actually want to do that kind of stuff together because we haven't done that in a long time. It reignites spark. And I think it's good to be able to do both, you know, be the couple who can go out to brunch, but then can also get down in that sort of situation together not just separately, you know? Most couples are one or the other, right? Yeah, 100%. Well, I see that, like, I don't know, disparity between a lot of couples where they struggle with going out together or... Oh, that's huge. You know, they just don't. Like, yeah, because they They know. just avoid it. Yeah. And they don't like it or something like that. So I've always wanted to be one of those couples who can do that because it's like I think that's a new strength in your relationship if you're in that situation and you can just have fun like that together yeah I do admire couples that you when you do see them that are just like out with a whole bunch of mates having a blast like they're not even together half the time and they're just doing their thing and yeah well it's like come together at the end of the night and it's they're all good you know exactly it's like having a mix of freedom but then also actually wanting to be together as well like you've got to have that happy medium i guess anyway long story short it was cute i like dancing with you and it was sweet moves eh? okay um (laughs) (laughs) finally the collaboration post will actually be up by this stage or by the time you hear this but i got invited to visit qv melbourne and to try one of their food court destinations and basically i filled out this survey and they chose my ideal spot based on my answers and they actually picked a sushi train for me which (laughs) i love sushi i've always loved sushi but i've never been to a sushi train i don't know what it is maybe it's just stressful maybe i just look at the like i don't know weird looking sushi and i'm like where are my avocado rolls i don't know it's never crossed my radar until now and it was really fun we ordered things on ipads and boom it was out in front of us and it was just such a cool experience and also we're ritual brunches so we'll go out for like breakfast foods or Mm. i don't know things like that so sushi wouldn't really be top of our list necessarily on a sunday but we got to go try it and that was really awesome so that is my highlights and then by low lights I said lack of calls or communication with like family and friends back in New Zealand. So I find when my life gets super busy here, it's really hard to maintain regular calling and communication Mm. with people back in New Zealand. And that's just a part of like living away. It's something you have to try to balance as well. And I feel like sometimes I'm nailing that communication and then I haven't seen you know some friends in Melbourne in a while or vice versa and yeah right now I just feel like obviously I'm still chatting with them on Facebook and stuff all the time but I haven't been able to have like a good call with a few people in a while just because I haven't had that length of time like I know when I want to call my family I need like an hour an hour and a half minimum Mm -hmm. you know so I've almost hesitated to suggest it because I've been like, well, I only have half an hour right now, so I'll just start talking to them and we'll just start getting into it and then I'll have to say, I've got to go, you know? Yeah, there's just so many people I want to get on the phone with right now, like my best friend, Annie. Hello, if you're listening. 
she just ran a marathon down in Queenstown and I want to hear all about it and I've been messaging her and supporting her from afar but it's different you know getting on a phone call and we keep saying we need to we need to but you know we're all busy people but yeah that is something I feel like I'm not nailing at the moment. So Yeah, but that's all right because you're about to fly back there. So. I know, I know. So so that's in my mind. It's like I'll be able to update them on everything, spend time with them. But if that wasn't there, yeah, I suppose I'm relying on that trip back at the moment. Then the last thing I wrote here is I've noticed I have this tendency to get stressed by the potential of things happening lately. So I even noticed this when we sat down and listened to the recent podcast about taking a step back on Sunday. Every week we sit down and we'll listen to the podcast as a listener, I guess, before we upload it so that we can ensure that it flows and it is just digestible and makes sense, I suppose. And if we need to edit anything further out and... At first, like, I sit down and I'm relaxed and I'm cool. And then, like, one mistake or one thing I want to edit comes up. And then I start tensing up and my heart rate starts to go faster. And I'm just, like, stressed. Like, all of a sudden stressed. And I think that's just me internalizing that if one mistake's come up, there must be 40 to come now. And I don't know. I think I even do it in work things. Sometimes I just imagine all these things that could go wrong or I imagine if someone wants to talk to me it's about the worst thing possible and it never is it never is but I still picture it in my head yeah but I think that that's a huge part of like how you've sort of set yourself up because basically everything you do with work is like it's you yeah. You don't rely on anyone else and you don't like to rely on anyone else or you struggle to do that. Yeah. So like when you do do something like this with the podcast where you share uh. it with me because you know that you're <laughs> not doing it and you have to rely on me uh, to yeah. come through, that's that stresses you out. It instantly does because that's you actually, never have to do it. That's such a fair point. That's such a fair point. I like relying on myself because I know I know what to expect. And you know and what I know, you're capable of. Yeah, exactly. But when I'm dealing with other people, that stresses me out you because don't. I'm like, I don't know how you work. I don't know, yeah, whether you do come through. What if you're unreliable? What if, yeah. No, that's such a fair point. I never thought about it like that, but that's probably why. Yeah, that's exactly why you do it. <laughs> I can see, like, we started off, we sat down, you were happy, chill, yeah. you had a sip of your coffee, mm, and then you heard one little click or one little bit that you didn't like hearing, but I thought it was fine, and then it all spirals out of control because you think the whole thing's shit. That's just know, how, that's your logic. That's yeah, how you go about it. How do I change that? I don't know. Stop. <laughs> Here's the thing. I like being picky because it means I have high standards. Of course. But I don't like how it stresses me out sometimes. But then I don't want to lose those high standards. You have exceptionally high standards and you can see that across all of your work. Like it, it 100% comes up. This is why you're so successful in what you do. Thank you. And as much as you love to go and meet people and learn about them and explore those relationships, 
you find it really hard to actually trust someone with anything else that revolves around you or could affect you that I think caused like a lot of tension between us at times where you had to rely on me for something or mm. I had to like when you moved all your stuff into my place for like two weeks and you were like reliant on me to like let you in the door because you didn't actually have a home because you were in between flats and you know things like that because you had to rely on me yeah I don't like to put my baggage on someone else. I like to deal with it myself. Yeah, well, nobody... I mean, okay, some people do. Yeah. But I don't like to put my baggage on. Like, you know how hard it is for me to open up sometimes because I'm like, I don't want to tell you because then you'll have to deal with this shit as well. Yeah, I know. I guess there's been a lot of experiences in my life where I have had to rely on myself and it's kind of taught me that, you know... This might sound kind of sad, but at the end of the day, you only have your own back. So, you know, you better have that yeah, I know, really right? strongly. Exactly. And I, com- I completely understand where you come from because, like you, I've had a similar, even though our situations are different, they are mm. kind of similar in a way, like yeah. our upbringings with our parents and things. We can go into that later. But, yeah. um, and we do, we have that planned. It's called Daddy Issues. <laughs> Watch out, coming to a podcast near you. You don't like to rely on people for work. Mm. I don't like to rely on people emotionally. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Yeah. I don't really have a solution for that and, just yet. Uh, yeah, no. well, it's just, it's just the trust thing, like learning to trust. I'm not trying to let you down. I'm not trying to make your life hell. I never have been, never want to be, but yeah. you still kind of think that I'm going to no, when, I don't when think you have to rely intention. on me for something. No, of course, of course it's not. I would be a horrible person if that was yeah, my intention. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not Watch sitting I'm there. I'm about to fuck up this podcast and <laughs> fuck up her whole day. You think I actively... How many hours did I spend? I got up at like 4 a.m. on Saturday morning to finish it did. before you got up. I know you did. Like, you really think I'm trying to do a shit job to fuck you off? I'm not saying you are. No, so it kills me when you think like that as well. Because it's very I apparent when, this you, is what when I'm you're saying in that to you mood. right now. I'm saying that I don't think that is your intention. And I guess that's the hardest part sometimes. It's like, I don't want to get mad at you because I know you're doing your best. I don't doubt that for a second. But sometimes it's hard when it's like, I don't know. It's still hard sometimes. Yeah, of course it's yeah. hard. I think that's why in some ways it is easier to rely on yourself. But... I guess it's a new learning curve to let other people in and to trust even, them. Even like me doing little things like I, you know, every time I know that you've put up a new post, I go and I read it and in word for word, sometimes I have, I've spotted a spelling error or something. I message you instantly. I'm not trying to like sabotage you in any way and be like, oh, look, Kenzie just posted and there's a spelling error. <laughs> Should we just leave it up? <laughs> See what happens? I don't think that either. Exactly. Like I'm not ever trying to sabotage you. I'm trying to do my best to help you in every way. So caused a lot of drama or tension between us it's because of our upbringings it's not because of us mm. it's because of how we've been taught or how we've been raised it's like habits we've built up yeah to like survive almost we're both <laughs> very independent but in quite different ways yeah i've often been asked you know do you want to bring on an intern or things like that and i've had those opportunities and i've kind of just looked at them like oh that'll probably just slow me down and it's like, well, at the end of the day, that could grow your business in the long run. That is the end of highlights and lowlights for me. What about you, AJ? How was your week? Pros for me this week. 
uh, also included Grapevine. I thought that was really fun, just like because we haven't done anything like that for a very long time, and we've never technically been to a festival together. So that was true. That was fun for me, and it was good because I actually got to spend a bit more time with you know a lot of your friends that you've become really close with here, and I only ever really get a chance to say hi or bye or or how are you. So that's good for me as well because I need friends, you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't have many friends in Shout Melbourne. Shout out to so. my crew. <laughs> Chloe, Daria, <laughs> Loz. Yeah, they're all lovely. Both Lawrence. It's been really nice to get to know them better because, yeah, they all bring something and they all have their thing about them. And, yeah, yeah, they're all very unique individuals. And you guys all, you know, seem to love each other very much. And it's very... You do? It's the very girl nice gang. to see. We I support really each like, other. It's really nice. It's really nice. I just hopefully one day I can be on that group chat. <laughs> I'm pretty gutted, ladies, and okay, I'm not that good chat, but... Next point. Anyway, next point. You'll be surprised to hear this. My focus was coming back. Was? Oh, Prison <laughs> Like, yeah, my mental energy that I was talking about last week has definitely returned. Well, not fully, but it's coming back. And I think that was all down to that tip that you shared last week. Flipping your phone upside down. Getting your list in front of you and just doing it one by one until it's done. I sort of took that philosophy all this week and that's kind of what brought my focus back. So I said I would report back on it and it went well. I'm glad that's working for you. I also think that sometimes a thought that helps me is just thinking, do I want to get to the end of this hour or to the end of this day and not have ticked those things off my list? Like, how am I going to feel? And often just imagining that feeling of disappointment or of overwhelm because you didn't achieve anything is enough to make you go, nah, fuck it, mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to feel so much better, even if you don't want to do those tasks on your list. Yeah, anyway, that's yeah. good. Well, it's all your help stemmed from you. Isn't it nice that we're complimenting <coughs> each other? Are we friends again? I think so. Okay, I hope so. Maybe For the can, minute. Maybe we can have a kiss after this. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a dreamer. <laughs> so those are kind of my, my pros for the week. Uh, getting into the cons, my gym efforts were very poor. Um, as in non-existent. <laughs> as in non-existent. Oh, except for Sunday. Yeah, I worked out on the weekend, but at that time that everything else takes, the gym is kind of the thing that I will sacrifice, <laughs> which is not good. So it's like yeah. I need to... Yeah, to try to get that work-life hustle balance back on track, taking on this podcast. It does go up and down, though. Like, I always say, you know, we're on this endeavor to work-life balance. But at the same time, there never comes a point where you're just like, oh, I hit it. Last week, you know, I say I had a pretty balanced week, and that was good. But that was just the nature of last week. Mm. And then this week could be entirely different. And life's just not it's not linear so it's almost impossible to be like you know i spent two hours on my fitness today three hours on work and three hours on self-care it's just like life is never going to be like that well, it's always going to go up and down so you can't hit yourself up too much about that i feel yeah i know and i think as well because we flew back on monday and so that travel day kind of just Throws you off. Throws that little bit of trying to get back into the work routine straight away. Yeah. 
that kind of led on to my next con, um, which was the Friday night fight that we had, which was, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what we thought about. We were both just so tired from that week because, yeah, you had a massive week, even though you said, you know, it was very holistic and good mm. and you were very proud of what you did. Yeah, but that means I did, did a lot of everything. Yeah, you did a lot of stuff. And that means at the end of the week, you are wrecked. Mm. And when you crash, you crash hard. Yeah, I know. And I was tired. I was just working, working, working. I just felt like I didn't get to stop. So yeah, come Friday and we're both trying to unwind. We just lash out at each other because <laughs> we're both stubborn, cranky, it's so tired. funny how you both want the same thing. Like you both yeah. want to relax. We just want like, peace. Ah. But we stir the pot and just, oh, all hell broke loose. We worked it out in the morning. We always do. We Yeah, we worked it out. It was over absolutely nothing. So <laughs> it was purely just being absolutely wrecked. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Our fights are never about anything substantial. No, they're stupid. Honestly, they're like, I can't remember thing. the last time we had a real productive fight, which is why it's so stupid. <laughs> productive. Obviously, you learn something from every fight, but oh, yeah. we haven't had a, you know, I don't know, you did this really hurtful thing to me. It's like, yeah. you're not understanding that I'm tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's just dumb. Oh, so silly. So that is the end of our highlights and lowlights. Let's get on to the key topic for the week. Are you listening? So we've titled today's episode, Where the Hell Am I Going? Because we want to discuss careers, career trajectories, and how sometimes things don't go to plan. Sometimes your journey towards your ideal career takes far longer than you think it will. Or sometimes you just have no idea what your ideal career looks like at all. And it's funny because me and AJ both come under the title of digital media marketing manager at the moment, but we have had very different career journeys. As you guys will also know if you've listened to our podcast on age gaps, I'm 21 and he's 28. What have I been doing for seven years? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, we're just going to discuss our journeys to where we are today and Some key points that maybe you can take away as well for your own career journeys and embracing the fact that there is no linear path once again and that it's okay no matter where you're at. It's okay. We're all different. We all take our own time. So yeah, let's get into it, yeah? Just reminded me of that snail meme. (laughs) Oh my god. Literally, you've taken the slow pace I'm taking into my your time. entire life. <laughs> just taking my time. Okay, shall I start? Yes. Well, Tell me all about. Just break down your CV for me. Let's I'm go. Break down my CV. How boring. But I am going to talk about from when I was a child, what I wanted to be, to where I am now. Okay. So when I was about four or five years old, I wanted to be a doctor. I remember being gifted all these medicine books and books about the human body and diagrams and oh young like my granny was a doctor so she gifted me all these things she was like okay she wants to be a doctor I'm gonna get her started early and I told everyone this which in hindsight was a dumb thing to do because suddenly I was boxed in this you know Mackenzie is gonna be a doctor (laughs) Yeah, I had my sights set on it. I thought, you know, imagine how amazing it will be to save people's lives every day. And I think a lot of people think like that. But what they don't realize is 
that's a great thought, but in practice, it might not be exactly what you want to do. So I think it was by maybe year seven when I started to realize that I hate science. I can't stand it. It's my least favorite subject. It's not my strength at all. I suck at it and I hate every minute. And I'm also kind of grossed out by blood and the human body, <laughs> which is not conducive to being a doctor. So I remember at some stage, I had to gear up the courage to actually sit down in front of the TV one night and tell my mum that I didn't want to be a doctor anymore. I was so nervous. Like my heart rate was going a billion miles an hour. I was like flushed, I swear. And I must have been like 11 or 12 or something. But I thought everybody was so set on me being a doctor that I was really worried that I was going to let everyone down. Anyway, I just said to mum, hey mum, I don't think I want to be a doctor. Like just because that's what granny does doesn't mean that's what I have to do. And at this stage, like granny was someone I looked up to because she was very successful in her career and I thought that was awesome. But I guess, yeah, what I realized was there are other ways to be successful. I don't just have to mirror her career. And I told my mum that and my mum was absolutely fine with it. She was like, okay, like that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Of course you don't have to. You know, if there are other paths you want to go down, you can consider those. I'm also, you're fucking 12. I know. I was like, like, she I was probably building hasn't... a fort in a tree when I was that age. Like, not thinking about, oh God, am I going to be a doctor? Fuck. What am I doing? Why am I in this tree? <laughs> okay, David, you know, realize you just said that you took seven years doing who knows what. I was thinking about this stuff early. And it was also like my mum's been very career focused as well. And... That was something that was a part of my upbringing. I was thinking about that. I've always thought that I would be very career driven or known that about myself. So yeah, I was thinking about it young. And that was my first dream, I suppose. It also got me into my private school, no doubt. I remember they asked everyone, uh, what do you want to be? And I said, I'd love to be a doctor. I'd love to save people's lives. And then this girl next to me said, I want to be a fireman. And I remember thinking, even when I was like 10 what a silly answer do you think they're gonna let you in the school <laughs> as if you're gonna go and be a fireman god I was so um uptight anyway moving on do you have anything to say or are you just gonna look at me like that yeah I'm just in shock that you were that young and you were thinking about that stuff yeah I need to swim my shit up <laughs> Absolutely. I suppose it's upbringing and it's, I don't know, especially in a private school as well. I went to a public school from year one to seven. For the rest of my high school years, I went to a private school and they're making you think about that 100%. Mm. Because you're choosing all your subjects and things like that as well. Anyway, moving on, around the same age, I would say 12, 13, I started my blog, The Beginning of Currently Loving. Actually, at the time... It was a Tumblr. Do you want to know what it was called? Oh, was it not always currently loving? No. Have I told you about the story of how I started on Tumblr? No, you told me about something that Ava started, but she kept it real quiet. And then you and Tony, <laughs> and then you and Tony found oh, it or something. Oh my God, yes. No, she mimicked currently loving at some stage, but she called it... Oh, I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was hilarious. That's a story time for another time. But yeah, my sister 
completely replicated my blog and recreated my posts and hoped to go viral. So she's not an OG? <laughs> no. Oh, Ava. <laughs> it was hilarious, though, because she followed me. She made the mistake of following me. And she followed me with a Google account, which sent me like an email every time someone followed me on that. And so I went and checked it out and I just had this fat laugh in my room reading these posts about like trends of summer. And it was literally like this eight-year-old girl telling you, you should go buy jandals. And then she also did this pancake recipe because I'd shared like breakfast I was having and she got this pancake recipe from like Google and just copied the whole thing. (laughs) And she sold it as like a crispy pancake recipe. (laughs) We gave her so much shit because who the hell wants crispy pancakes? Anyway, anyway, that's so off topic. I started my blog. My Tumblr was called Studs, Rings, and Pretty Things. Which now I look back, I'm like, tacky, tacky, and tacky, mctacky. Oh, it's kind of cute, though. Studs, Rings, and Pretty Things. I wanted it to um, have a ring to it, for sure. Oh, I appreciate that. And it was, like, in line with all those tacky, successful Tumblrs back then because everybody was regramming those you know studded shorts which is probably where I got the studs from and like those real chunky rings where you put your fists out and that would be a cool photo if you had like eight rings do you know the ones I'm talking about yes yes they were huge so I started my tumblr I was so into tumblr oh my goodness like I would go away on holiday and I would tell my dad you have to drop me off the library because I need to schedule posts When I look back, I'm like, yo, I was destined for this all along. When I was like 13, 14, I was freelancing at the library. Scheduling posts. I could do not. Scheduling posts for my Tumblr because I knew back then that if you went inactive for a while, you'd lose followers. And by that stage on Tumblr, I had about 30,000 followers. I was active all the time. It was like my outlet while I was at school. And then I remember one stage, again, you're going to think this is crazy because I was like 13, 14. I was like, this is such an unproductive use of my time. Like one day when I'm 18, I'm going to look back and I'm going to think, why did I spend hours on a Tumblr account I've now deleted? You know, like I thought this is going to be so impermanent. Why am I spending all this time? Why am I telling dad to drop me at the library? Looking back, I'm like, why did he do that? What do you think I was doing? But I must have explained it to him somehow. Anyway, I actually deleted that. One day, I just decided I'm done. And I deleted that entire account and lost the 30,000 followers. Which I look back and I'm like, Mackenzie, why did you do that? Anyway, I went absolutely cold turkey. I deleted it. And then weeks later, I was like, you know what? I missed the fun side of it. Like, I don't miss the feeling the need to post 24-7 or whatever. But I miss the creative outlet. So I was like, wow, Mackenzie, you didn't have to go cold turkey. Why don't you just create another account? And that was when I created currentlyloving.tumblr.com. So I created another account. No pressure, just enjoyment blogging. And eventually, this is kind of my blog story, but I decided that Tumblr wasn't enough. It wasn't a place I could really share enough original content 
also I wanted to write. Writing was always huge for me. So I wanted to share my words. Could you not write on Tumblr? Uh, it wasn't really a writing platform. It's it's really photo based. Oh, so really? So it's if, like original Instagram? Yeah, kind of. I don't of, really know anything kind about of, it. But so. you'd have your feed, yeah, on your webpage, I guess. It's kind of like Pinterest. You'd be reblogging all of everybody else's photos. And if somebody said your blog is amazing, it would be like saying your Pinterest feed's amazing. It's everybody else's content. So can you really take that on board and be like, yeah. thank you so much. That's how I felt. I was like, thank you. But really, you're just crediting me for picking a bunch of nice photos and putting them together. Mm. It's like anyone can do that. So I was like, I want to create my own content. I want to share my own fashion and lifestyle and all that kind of thing. So mm. I decided I'd create a blogger account and actually create a blog website. So I did that and I had currentlyloving.tumblr.com and then I had currentlylovingblog.com. And yeah, long story short, that was how I started really writing and just getting into the bloggers space and networking with other people and things like that from quite a young age. In line with that, I thought my next career goal was journalism. Not necessarily related to my blog, but I thought I'm going to go into print media, I'm going to write. And I also liked the idea of presenting as well, like that side of journalism. Obviously, I love to speak. So, oh, yeah. And I liked the idea of debating and getting my ideas out there. And I've always been opinionated. I didn't so much like the news writing where you couldn't bring in your opinion because I thought the opinion was the best part. So I always liked the idea of journalism. And I thought I'll go in to that in some way and even on my blog like when I was sharing fashion posts and things like that I'd always link it to something bigger so I liked writing shit that mattered and I thought journalism would be that path where I could write about stuff that you know had an impact and could change something and could inspire people in some way at that point obviously digital media was hardly there Facebook was coming up at that stage mm. so my sites were set on magazines i was, was a magazine hoarder as well i loved vogue there, and stuff um, sorry wasn't there like bebo did you have bebo oh yeah i had bebo but that wasn't used in any sort of way to inspire or impact people it was yeah. just a very personal account then there was no such thing as influencers or content creators or no, anything yeah, obviously i don't think yeah. maybe like jeffrey star or some shit so that was where my sites were set on journalism and basically in line with that and in line with my blog, I would actually take on opportunities all the time when I was young that were freelance opportunities. I just didn't realize that that's what they were called at the time. I actually was a copywriter when I was like 14, 15 because I did a couple collaborations with different brands and then they realized I could write and they asked me to do a few captions for their website, for their social media as that was getting bigger. So I ended up doing like product descriptions and all sorts of things. I remember saying to my mom as I was at my beach house, I was like, how cool is it, mom, that right now I'm sitting on a beach chair, but I'm working. I said that to her because I was writing product descriptions. I don't remember how much I was getting paid. Probably not a lot. But I thought it was so cool that I was sitting there on the beach and earning money and just having the time of my life. And I was like, look at me go, mum. You know, I didn't even have to go into an office. 
Oh my god. So it's so funny how you look back and you're like, wow, this was really just building in my mind from a long while ago. So yeah, I had all these different freelance opportunities and I would also seek them out at times if I could write for overseas websites or magazines. I've done so many random things over time. Yeah, you could find random articles I've written or I wrote for a university page at one point. Do you remember me doing that when we were together? Oh yeah, and you did like something like six articles. I did. I wrote all sorts. I was like, the more I can write, the more I can get used to writing about different things, let's do it. So I just wrote about everything. And I took on a whole range of paid, unpaid, to constantly like adapt my writing style on top of me creating my own opinionated blog pieces. Another thing that mirrors or foreshadows where I am today is one of the first official roles I had beyond being a babysitter was a role called a girl Friday and that was kind of an admin role I would go into this bar a few times a week and do all their invoicing all their admin emails and also social media but social media at that stage was creating crappy graphics and uploading them to Facebook and uploading menu specials, but it was very, very basic. Well, like Word or Paint? Yeah, that kind of thing. I just remember them being horrific. Like, remember that bubble font writing? And I would have, like, screenshotted it from Word. So there was that, and then, obviously, I went down to uni. I had it in my head that I would go into journalism, so I went for a degree in media studies. I actually thought I would do law as well originally, just to back it up, but I ended up hating law and was like, why am I doing an extra degree, which I hate, just to have as a backup when I know this is not what I want to do. I can talk about that in a longer podcast down the track. Mm. But I ended up dropping law and just doing a Bachelor of Arts, majoring in media studies, and I eventually also picked up cultural anthropology just because I really enjoyed the study of people. So I did that. Or I was doing that. I was also working in the cafe where I met AJ. This guy. (laughs) Uh And I remember I worked in this cafe for about six, seven months. And then it was the second year of my degree. And I said to myself, okay, this year, my main goal of the year is I want to leave this cafe and I want to get a job in media. I just said in media. I don't care what it is. I don't care what aspect of media it's in, whether it's print, whether it's digital, whatever it is, I need a job in media. I need to get myself some experience of some kind. At this stage, I was also working with some agencies. I was working with Jan Talent, if you remember, doing a bit of modeling, acting, presenting Mm. on the side that I would get every so often some gigs. So I was like across things and I was still doing my freelancing, my blog and everything. And Zumba. And Oh, that was eventually. I'll talk about that soon. But my main job was my cafe job. So I was like, okay, I need to replace that with a media job. Keep in mind, I was still studying though. Eventually, or very quickly actually, I got a role at an agency as a copywriter. And that was kind of the stepping stone to everything else. It was actually a very interesting journey at that role. Yeah. Not always positive, and again, I can go into that in a podcast down the track, but I don't regret it because it's given me a lot of experience in a very short time, which is almost would be impossible to get elsewhere 
or if I tried to do it again, I couldn't mimic it. It kind of like skyrocketed your trajectory into how you can make your life ideal. 100%. So I look back and I'm like, you know what? I got treated like shit and things like that, but it's not all bad news because I learned a lot and I had to take on a lot of responsibility in a very short time. So as I said, I worked as a copywriter and basically the manager of this company so there were multiple regions this company was across different areas of New Zealand and also based in the UK as well I worked as a copywriter for a couple months and then I was told that the manager was leaving and so I don't even remember if I was offered the role as such but pretty quickly I was just being molded into it and for somebody who wants to get into media I thought this is awesome I'm literally becoming the manager of this region Mm. in a matter of months. I knew they saw something in me because straight away I was very in the know about social media, about copywriting, all this kind of thing, because I'd done a lot of gigs and I was running my own blog. So I knew they saw something in me and they kind of latched onto that. And I was just very excited. I was like, wow, I get to take on all this responsibility. I get all this experience and I get this major role ASAP Mm. so I just said bring it my way you know and I just took it all on and this role included every aspect of you know running this agency essentially in this region so everything from you know liaison and management with clients to sales bringing on new clients to photography sometimes I'd have to go out and shoot myself to obviously running these social media accounts so the creative direction the copy all the you know scheduling systems and strategy that we had behind that I had to come up with all that pretty much I was dealing with every aspect and then also kind of directing and arranging with the photographers we had and with the other copywriters we had and directing their work and that was the role I very quickly advanced in before I came to Melbourne so having pretty much run the whole show myself in Wellington I almost looked around and was like I could do this myself and then I kind of ended up having to because the whole situation kind of fell apart based on mistreatment I had to walk away from the role unfortunately and I also had plans to move to Melbourne so Yeah, that kind of leads me to where I am today. I moved across to Melbourne. I brought a couple clients with me from New Zealand who I continued to freelance with. And I thought, I'm going to give it a go, building my business, my freelance business from here. And that's exactly what I did. I've obviously worked with different clients over the past year or so and with different agencies as well. And I've, yeah, had several different roles where I've gone into an office versus worked remotely, all sorts, providing my services in different ways. But yeah, now I'm at where I'm at, whereby I'm completely remote, which is exactly what I want to be, apart from obviously meeting up with clients every now and then. And yeah, I work with a lot of different clients and a lot of different agencies as well. So that is me in Mm. a bit of a nutshell in terms of my journey. And I mean, the next thing from now is... I'm obviously doing my PT course because that's been a huge passion of mine. I actually was doing Zumba teaching back in Wellington and I've also taught dancing because dancing was a huge part of my 
background or growing up. I did it for yeah many, many years. And so I taught a lot of dancing when I was young and that led me to teaching Zumba. And now I've brought it into more of the fitness realm and I want to be able to personal train people and also to be able to teach more group fitness classes. So yeah, to this day, I'm still constantly taking on a whole load of different opportunities. Obviously, I have my core business, which is why I guess I'm very busy because not only do I have a full-time job in terms of my own business, but I love taking on other things that spark other aspects of me, like my fitness, like I still do extras work, a bit of, you know, modeling or acting work here and there, and a bit of voice acting as well, still across quite a few things. At one stage, I was doing digital media marketing tutoring. Yeah, I'm still open to taking on a lot of different opportunities because I enjoy diversity in my days and in my career. I kind of wanted to discuss some key points I guess you could take away from my journey. You ready to hear them? Yeah, let's let's hear them. Thank you for sharing your little journey. It's okay. It's Did you learn nice. something? much shorter than my one <laughs> yeah well I didn't want to go into it too much because then it just gets boring like you don't need to hear every role I had along the way yeah you know there's a lot of things I didn't include but this is kind of a sum up so I think a big part of why my journey has kind of fast-tracked or fast-paced um I understood my passion from the beginning like apart from those doctor years I got <laughs> over that pretty quickly and then I understood that no matter what I wanted to do, I wanted to write, I wanted to communicate. You know, I thought I was going to go into print media, but I also liked the idea of presenting. Either way, it was like communication is my passion and my skill. That's that. That's what I'm going to do. You know, and I kind of let that guide me no matter where I was going. Obviously, I didn't have those definitive answers, but I let that passion just take me and trusted it and I think understanding your passion is so important I actually work with a client who runs a career coaching company that's entirely based around understanding your passion and I couldn't agree more it is so important to have that awareness of what lights you up inside even if you don't have the answers to everything else that understanding of your passion will truly guide you and it's so strong. It's like following a gut feeling, you know, it'll guide you to the right place. And I also believe that investing in experimenting to find your passion is never a waste of time. So even as you can tell now, or even in the past when I talked about taking on unpaid gigs where I just write to try to understand what I love to write about, mm. or even now when I'm investing in all these fitness endeavors or taking on random extras roles that you know highlight something else I'm interested in I don't think it's ever wrong to be experimental in that sense because the more you do that the more you have an understanding of all the different things that do light you up as a human and the more you enhance that the closer you get to doing what you love every day I think well it's just like a classic case of the more you do, the more you know what you like and you don't. Like, they can yeah. go for anything, like food. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like it's so you true. You try food, you hate it, you know you don't buy that again. Exactly. I just think that sometimes people think 
that it's a waste of time to experiment with different degrees or to experiment with you know traveling or trying different jobs or something mm. and I know you'll go into this a bit further but I don't think it's a waste of time you always learn something about your passion and that's why you know somebody could look at my career trajectory and be like you knew what you wanted to do why did you do all this random other little things and it was like no no that was me just constantly refining what I love me being like I've loved dancing maybe I should teach other people it. let's try Zumba because I'm getting into fitness oh I like fitness let's follow that let's follow that let's see where that takes us mm. you know my next point I've written here is kind of similar but I've said that one answer is sometimes enough and what I mean by that is you don't have to have this idea of I want to be a sales consultant for Saatchi and Saatchi, let's say. You don't have to have the specific dream job in your head or idea of what you want to be because the chances are you don't even know what's out there. I didn't even know my role when I was like 12, 13, 14, when people were asking me these questions. I didn't know my role at 15, 16. You get told that all the time, like, oh, in five years, there'll be all these roles that you didn't even know existed. It's so true. It's so damn true. I think something you could take away from my career journey is that you don't necessarily have to have all the answers, but having one answer is enough. And it doesn't even have to be specific. Just one answer or one simple understanding of what your passion is. Like, I love to write. That's all I need to know. That's enough to guide me. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, definitely. Cool. And I also think that having that one answer will give you your self-worth, which is really important. Like, even from a young age, I think understanding that writing was my passion and also my strength meant that I had this sense of self-worth going into jobs despite my age. Mm. I was like, no, I know I'm good at writing. I know that. And I might not know everything else. I might not know or have all this experience, but I know that is a natural inherent strength of mine mm. and no one can take that away from me. That's also quite hard for people to understand about themselves yeah like because people can have their their passions or what drives them but yeah but knowing that you're good at that that's exactly. like a whole nother thing and also it doesn't always cross that your passion and your strengths are aligned obviously it pays to try to seek out these things but at the same time i do think that looking back i was quite lucky i seized it as well by jumping into blogging from an early age mm. But I do think my passions kind of landed in my lap and the answers were quite obvious. Whereas I know that's not the case for everyone. It did give me that sense of self-worth to be able to go and sell myself for freelance gigs from a young age. So yeah, I think you don't have to have all the answers, but having one that you hold on to, like I'm good at that, I love that, is really important. And then I also said the next one, age is but a number. I think my career journey shows that. Oh, if yeah. you have confidence in yourself, age is but a number. The you can run your own limit. business. You can do just what anybody else could do if you believe in yourself and if you trust your journey and keep trying to better yourself, age is totally but a number. You're probably the best example of that I've ever seen in my whole life. 
I'm totally not. No, you are. Well, for not. Me, there's like for my journey. Okay, maybe like of someone close to you. Yeah. But you know, there's very successful entrepreneurs oh, out yeah, there of course, who are earning like, billions. I'm, I'm just talking about from my personal, you know, my circles. Okay. Yeah. I can't think of a better example of like, holy shit! Look what you can achieve <laughs> so quickly. Thank you. <laughs> that snail pace. <laughs> It's really getting to you now. Oh, God. I just have one last point. I think I've touched on it, but I just want to reiterate again that when new passions arise, pursue them. It's something that I do and am continuing to do as I've gotten into fitness. I've recognized that as a passion that's not going away. And I've allowed myself to pursue that, even though I'm committed still to digital media marketing and I love it and I love writing. I'm also aware that, yeah, this is a growing passion for me and I'm going to want to integrate it in some way. A lot of people have asked me, you know, what made you want to get your certifications? And I've just said, I don't know how I'm going to use them. I don't know if I'm going to become a PT. I don't know if I'm going to become a group fitness trainer. But I know they're going to be handy because this is a passion of mine. Yeah. So if you can take away anything from that, it's that don't be afraid to add any sort of value to your, I don't want to say portfolio, but to your little bank that you have, even if it's not aligned with exactly what you're doing right now, what you think your end goal is, if you're passionate about it, why not get some sort of degree or experience in it? Because chances are it's going to come up later down the track that you want to earn money from that. And also, why not create the opportunity where you could earn money from that, even if it is just a little side hustle it doesn't have to be your main role but it might provide you with a little bit of happiness it's like even with zumba i just took that on because i bloody loved it and i only took two to three classes a week while i was at uni on top of my other job but it just ticked that box of lighting people up with dance fitness and music and that was all i needed and it gave me that complete diversity to the other role I was doing where I sat down at my laptop, you know? So, yeah. I hope you can take something away from my journey and I hope you enjoyed listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we round of applause? Oh, Thank you. So good. So good. <laughs> okay, let's move on from me. Okay. I want to hear all about your journey, AJ. Okay, well, you know, maybe you should make some popcorn or something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Got an extra seven years to catch you up on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bloody hell. Let's get into it. Hey, guys, it's Kenzie. Just popping in to say that we were recording this episode or editing this episode and realized, wow, we talked a lot. These stories were long. So we've decided to split this podcast into two parts. You will have just listened to my part as Kenzie. And next week, we'll be dropping AJ's part. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for listening so far. As always, we'll be having the conversation on our socials at What They Get Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So head over there. There's a lot to talk about and we want to hear all about where you're at and the journey you've had so far too. We'll see you there and we'll chat to you next week in part two of Where the Hell Am I Going? <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Are you listening? Damn.